the First Lady of New York Radio, Joan Hamburg. Entertaining and informative. Talk Radio 77 WABC. Welcome, everyone, to the Joan Hamburg Show. And I must say, I enjoyed reading Valerie Biden-Owen's new book, Growing Up Biden. And Valerie is, of course, the sister of the President of the United States. In fact, Valerie Owens, Valerie Biden-Owens, is the first woman in this country, to the best of my knowledge, to have run a presidential campaign when she ran Joseph Biden's campaign. And she also was the campaign manager through seven Senate races. And she's been doing this since they were really kids. So congratulations to you. And are you having a good time, Valerie, now that the book is done? (laughs) Yes. uh, It was like uh, somebody asked me what it felt like writing the book. And I said, uh, I imagine it was like giving birth to an elephant. Um, It was many many of the stories, um, actually most of the stories I had already written because I'm a storyteller and, you know, some people write music or sing songs and I sit down and write these little vignettes. So the hard part was putting it all together um, that it flowed and it it made sense because I'd I'd look at one of my stories and I'd say like, who, who cares? You know, why Why would I put that in? So it was mm-hmm. hard choosing which one, but uh, I wrote it because, you know, I think that um, there's, I, I, it was a tribute to the magic of family. And my three brothers and I uh, grew up in mid 20th century, middle class, ordinary family. And uh, what I, what I've come to realize is that the thread of the of the that make up the fabric of of uh, a family run through m- most of the families that I know, and those threads are you know, commitment and loyalty and love, and then there's heartbreak and disappointment and loss, right. and you know we all have it. We're uh, we have a lot more in common um, than not, and I think at this stage and in, in where we are right now, we need to remember all the common good uh, threads and bonds that we have with each other, with one another. So I wrote it about the magic of family. And I, I really appreciate that. And my family was like that, a big, noisy, loving family where everyone came together. But not every family... Yeah, a brother, but my grandfather lived with us and he had a bunch of kids and they all lived, we all lived in the same town and they were, there wasn't a night that everyone didn't come over, all of them, for dinner or to yeah. visit grandpa. So I never even knew who was the real brother or the real, they were all there always. Yeah. To this yeah. day. I know it, I know it to be. Yeah. It's, it's, but, a, it's a gift, you know? It really, it really is a gift. But I, I want but, to tell you, Joan, it's not, it's not been easy raising an older brother. I'm going right to heaven. <laughs> no, that's for sure. And it's unusual because usually the older brother and the younger sister fight and or argue. And yet there was something about you and your big brother that 
escape most of that stuff, and instead loyalty crept in very early. Yeah, he he was um, he was so good to me and so so kind uh, when I was a little girl. I mean, the, from the, the, my earliest memories are his putting out his hand and said, "Come on, Val, we've got things to do and places to go and people to see." And you know, I hopped on the back fender or the handlebars of his bike and you know we went off and his friends would say why did you bring a girl and he said she's not a girl she's my sister so he he was uh he told me honest to god that anything that he could do he said you can do a better Val." and i it wasn't possible he was three years older and stronger and bigger and and better at everything than i was but he said "Uh uh-uh he he told me I could do anything that he could do, and I could do it better. And I felt like I, I owed it to him and and to myself, you know, to try to be, grow up to be that little girl that he thought could do anything better. So my little legs ran alongside trying to keep up with him, but he, <laughs> he was he was good. He was good. Right, and even though the whole family had a unique bond, was it Big Brother Joe? that had a huge ambition for something beyond what one might consider the norm? Uh, yeah, Joe was, um, he was always a, a leader and not the kid who pounded his chest and said, come follow me, but people gravitated to, all the kids gravitated towards him in, in our neighborhood. And I'll tell you why I think, uh, Joan, um, when he was a little boy, he had a terrible stutter. He couldn't string more than three words together at a time. And you know, he appreciates and knows what it's like to be bullied or to be made mm-hmm. fun of or to be shut down. Right. And, and kids when you've been bullied, yeah, and adults too. Um, not all, but some. Because when you stutter, people, the assumption was that you were stupid. And my mom would say to him, no, honey, you stutter because you're so smart. You can't get the words out fast enough. You, that, that, and she gave him confidence. So what my brother developed uh, is you, if you've been bullied, I, I believe you grow up and you become a bully yourself or else you develop something called empathy, which is a fancy word for being able to feel, not as in touching a fabric, but to absorb other people's emotions and other people's feelings. And, and that was the leader that Joe became. Uh, he, he treated my, and my mom and dad told him, we had to treat everybody with dignity. Mom would say, you are no better than anybody else. And nobody else is better than you. And that's how, uh, that's how we, we operated. And, and Joe just rose to the, top i mean he people people came to him and uh kids and appreciated his his strength and his character and that's what the biggest thing in the leader is is character right and he was a lawyer and then the first campaign was that first campaign for the for the um newcastle county council yeah was that the first one and you Right, but you were yeah. what twenty six yourself. You were a kid, yeah. Many ways, yeah. yeah. So I was. Tell the <laughs> audience, Valerie. And by the way, I'm talking to Valerie Biden Owens, growing up Biden. 
of President Joe Biden's youngest sister, how you, a teacher, how you became involved in that. In fact, the entire family got involved in that campaign. Well, um, the reason, Joan, is because uh, we had no alternative. We had no money, no influence, no name recognition, and no structured Democratic Party in Delaware at the time, in 1970 when we ran for county council. And um, Joe decided he was going to run, and he looked at me and he said, "Um, so will you be my campaign manager? And I said, sure. The, The reason is that we didn't know what we didn't know. You know, so, you know, campaigns, it's people to people. We went out, we knocked on doors, we listened to people, we heard what they wanted and told them about, it's all about values. And um, we won that first campaign. Again, I didn't, I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to be able to run a campaign. And he, he didn't know that he was too young and that he wasn't supposed to be a county councilman. So we just did it. Did it. um, Yeah, we just jumped in and we were uh i say we were bold not brash and we were confident but not cocky and that's that's a big difference we we worked on a one-to-one basis to to let people know that we were paying attention to them because that's what the campaign's about they don't care who their councilman is they care about the council person and their senator paying attention to them they're the important And then you learned on the job, and he constantly looked to you for whatever race he was involved in. Yeah, in 1972, that when we ran for when he ran for the United States Senate, he was 29. He was too young to be elected. He had he had to wait for his birthday on November 20th. But 72 really there was a, was a great time because it was it was a combustible relationship between youth and the issues. And we ran, we had youth, passion, uh, uh, commitment, the best candidate. And we ran on the issue of stopping the war in Vietnam, pursuing civil rights, and protecting protecting planet Earth. We were one of the first campaigns to even talk about the environment. So the time was right for this um, uh, this energy of youth and issues. It all merged, and uh, we won that election by 3,163 votes. Um, in, it was the Nixon-McGovern landslide year. Everybody overwhelmingly supported Nixon in the state of Delaware, but they they crossed over to elect Joe. It was really it was great. The press called us the Children's Crusade. I was a teacher at high school, and Amelia, Joe's late wife, was a teacher in grade school, and all those kids jumped in and uh, became the Biden post office. You know, delivered our mail because we didn't, we couldn't afford stamps, and uh, it was it was an exhilarating time. You know, again, we yeah. didn't know any better. We just we just jumped did in it. and did it. And what a lot of people didn't realize is after the terrible tragedy, when uh, President Biden lost his wife and daughter, you and your husband moved in with them and yeah. took care of his surviving family. Well, Joan, that is tr- that's true. Uh, Joe was elected on November 7th, uh, 1972, and on December 18th, 1972, six weeks later, uh, a tractor trailer hit 
Nelia's station wagon with the three children in it and killed Nelia and their baby daughter, Naomi, um, instantly. And the boys who were two and three were seriously injured. And my brother said, uh, look, the Delaware can get another senator, but the boys can't get another father. Um, so I'm, I'm not going to, I'm going to, he asked my brother Jimmy to call the governor and say, you know, he, that he wasn't going to serve because we had to take care of the boys. And I said to Joe, look, I'll, I'll come in. You got to try it. You know, the same issues, uh, that you, you ran on in on November 7th are as important on December 19th as they were on November 7th. And Neil, you worked too hard, uh, to get, to get you there. So just try it. And I said, I'll move in and stay until it's time to go. And, uh, it, it that was it. But my brothers, Joan, if it wasn't heroic, my three brothers would have done, any one of them would have that done right. the same for me had it been flipped. Yeah. And yeah. your parents, uh, I read in growing up Biden, they moved out of their house and gave Joe their house, and they took his house because he needed it in order to run in that district. Yeah, but yeah, it was. <laughs> then my parents had a good sense of humor, Joan. <laughs> I bet they had to have. But all this, Valerie, running all these campaigns, and really the the woman behind the man, in many ways, and you work so hard, and did this all the time. Was it painful to be in the shadow or this was what you did? No, I, I never, uh, the, I, I never felt in the shadow. There's a great quote by Edith Wharton. And um, she said, there are two ways to spread the light. One is to be the candle and the other, the mirror that reflects it. And Joe and I switched back and forth. Uh, sometimes he was a candle and sometimes he was the mirror, vice versa. And I, I did, I, I was his campaign manager. Um, it is the role of any good campaign manager or media consultant not to be the front page story. It's about the candidate and the voters. So I was always content uh, in doing, in doing, well, somebody just came in the, the room here. I was always content of, of, uh, I, I thought I had the best of both worlds. I could be involved in policy and the and the politics of the campaign, and then I could go back and have my children, raise my family, uh, and uh, and then you know five years later go back into a, another campaign right. for the year. So I, I I had the best of both worlds. I was I was fortunate. Is it true, fortunate. Valerie? You didn't want Joe to run in 2020? I don't know how you I dealt was, with Yeah. Yeah. Uh, in 2020, I, I talk about it. You're right in the book. Uh, it was the one race that I was not enthusiastic about uh, because I believed, and my expectations have proven to be true, that the former president would do anything to um, go after, to destroy my brother, uh, and my family. And I thought, why, Joe, you've served, you know, why don't you just let it go? Because uh, this, this man is, 
is not a good person, I thought. And um, my brother said it, it was Charlottesville. He was not going to run for president, but Charlottesville happened, and, and the neo-Nazis, you know, marching with the torches mm-hmm. and chanting the slogans of the 1930s. Joe said he couldn't. He said, Val, I can't look in the mirror at myself if I don't if I don't do this. Joe knows, as I said, he 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 knows a bully when he sees one. And he said he can't. He said I can't turn away because I'm afraid. I'm not going to be. I'm not afraid of this man, and I'm going to because Joe thought that he had um, he had a message, you know, to restore the soul of America rebuild the middle class and unite America. And he, uh, so he said, I'm, I'm, I'm going for it. I'm going to do it. And I said, okay, then I'm, I'm in, Let's go. And I'm in all the way. Yeah. Yeah. And when he says the, now that he wants, he's going to run again. Yeah. I, don't, I hope you feel. Well, it makes, you know, uh, Joan, I believe that he is the right man at the right time for all the right reasons. I wouldn't want anybody else in the Oval Office dealing with not only restoring the soul of America, but restoring America in the world. I mean, look what he's done with NATO and bringing, you know, all the leaders of the world together. Uh, So he's, he's, uh, he's a good man. And I don't have to make him anything other than what he is. is. I mean, he's a good man. And, and I, you know, he, he doesn't, he doesn't walk on water. He's Joe Biden, and he, uh, you see what you get. There's no distinction between, there's very little daylight between the public man and the private uh, person. He's Joe Biden. So despite presidencies, you don't see huge personality changes? Oh, no. I mean, Joe is, uh, <laughs> I think, I don't think, that, uh, who was it? It was John Meacham said uh, a couple weeks ago, he described my brother as an inverted uh, iceberg. He said icebergs usually are, you know, the, the big, the, the depths are below the water. You don't, you know, there's so much more below the water that you don't see. And he said with your brother, Joe Biden, you, you yeah. see it all. There's very little that we don't, that we don't understand what, uh, you know, we like it or it's not whether we like it or not, but he's, he's, He's a pretty open, pretty much an open book. And by the way, Valerie is going to be in conversation with John Meacham at the 92nd Street Y, May 8th, a week um, from Sunday. I want you to. Joan, you are terrific. That. You are. <laughs> you are a pro. Thank you. No, no, but he's you. great and you're great. And it should really. And the Y is one of the big centers here in yeah. New York City. So yeah. if Brother Joe decides to make another run for it, are you up for it? Sure. Uh sure. I'm 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 sticking I'm sticking with Joe uh all along and I and I think he's uh, as I said, I, I can't ima- I, I I can't imagine somebody else sitting in that that Oval Office right now. So yes, I'm I'm with him all the way. And you've never worked for anyone else, and I'm sure people have approached you because of the success. Well, I I didn't work as a campaign manager, but I was a media consultant with uh, a man named Joe Slade White, who just recently died a couple of years ago. And I mm-hmm. did uh, I hired Joe Slade White 
to do our radio and TV ads in 19, our 1996 election campaign. And after it was over, this Slade White said to me, uh, would you work, come and work with me? And I said, why? No, I, I don't, I don't want to work. <laughs> I only work for Joe. And, uh, he said, well, you get, if you hear the noise, there's a big helicopter outside. And that's that loud, loud noise. But he said, I want you to be my campaign manager, Slade White. He said, you, you, you made me produce my best work. So will you, will you come and, and work with me? And, uh, and I did do that until right before he died. So Slade White continued to do our radio and TV ads. So it was a good relationship. Right. And are any yeah. of the kids, your siblings, children, or? Are they involved politically? Do they have no, that in they, their blood? Uh, no, they they've all been you know, they're they're all worked volunteer. Nobody in, in any official capacity. Mm, is running. But the, you know, they they all go out and they all campaign, but none wants to be in elective office. They all, you know, campaign when it's time. Everybody piled, you know, into the cars and went to Iowa or New Hampshire, you know, during the the primaries, but all on a volunteer basis. So they would take a week off from work, you know, and go do campaigns. It's kind of in the blood, but no, no elective offices, office seekers. Yeah. You know, it's interesting because over all these years, we've looked at the various presidents, some of them started fairly young, and then you check them out a year later and they look like they've really aged. Your brother doesn't look like that. He looks exactly the same despite being president during some of the most complicated times historically. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, yeah, he does look good. And he's, um, not put, people always ask me, uh, or they, you know, like if the, the question, you know, how do you think he's too old, uh, to be president? And I said, watch him, look at him. No, mm-hmm. he's, he's going strong. Um, so I've got God willing, uh, you know, with help of God and the goodwill of the neighbors, uh, we'll keep rolling. Right. And we, he's got it in him and he seems to really love it. And that plays a big role. Yeah. The only the only one of the in the family was his firstborn was Bo, who, you know, mm-hmm. died of brain tumor at right. when he was 46 in 2015. Now, Bo was the attorney general in the state and he was going to run for governor in Delaware mm-hmm. uh, until oh, he was stricken with that ugly, yeah, uh, horrible disease of mm-hmm. cancer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. God, it hits every family right. some way. And it's awful. It's awful. Yep. Well, yep. you did a good job growing up Biden by Valerie Biden Owens. And it's a memoir and it's a story about a family. And a family holding together through everything and how loyalty really plays a role. Congratulations. I look forward to talking to you again. Take care. Thank you, Joan. Thank you. I appreciate you. Bye. I'm Joan Hamburg, and you're listening to WABC, and there's lots more ahead. So stay tuned. <laughs> 